Welcome back to the WRAM Morning Show. We're joined by State Representative for the new 71st District, Dan Swanson. Good morning. Thanks for being here with us this morning. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Okay, tell us about 2022. Let's get that wrapped up as we head into the New Year's later this week. Absolutely. You know, we we ended the 2022 session with a veto session as normal. Um, Not much in veto session that we took action on as far as vetoes because the governor did not veto any legislation. But there's a lot of other topics that were discussed um, in that veto session. Um, Some controversial, the Safety Act, of course, was... um, discussed and and some changes made to that, um, which um, didn't change much in our mind. uh, But then also we had some other types of legislation that uh, was able to make it through um, legislation too. Okay, and with the Safety Act, there was a trailer bill and you said a few changes made to that. Anything that impacts uh, the overall public safety that you just want to point out? Because it'll start next week, January 1st. Right. Yeah, it's going to start next week. And, uh, you know, some of the rollback on the Safety Act was January 1st was first identified that inmates are going to be automatically released. Um, Some of this trailer bill did put some different timelines on there where instead of inmates being released, some of the the inmates will have to go before a judge and be their case reviewed with the potential to be released from prison within 30 days. Um, And then there'll be another time frame out 60 days where others, um, felony other than class four can be reviewed and released in 60 days. And then detainable force, detainable offenses within 90 days will all have to be reviewed by the judge. And I need to make a correction. It's um, seven days for Class A misdemeanors um, to be released, their case will be reviewed within seven days. So that is somewhat of a change. Um, we anticipated um, the doors will be open and many will be released, but that's going to be one of the major changes. Um, there is a change where initially the, the legislation, uh, one of the bigger stories that was going around was if someone is on my property, um, I cannot have them arrested and removed. Well, that has been changed with this new legislation where after the second a police officer would come up to that person, tell them they must leave. If they did not leave, they're given a ticket. If they still do not leave, then the officer can arrest them and remove them from the property. So that is That's one of big the deal. other changes. Yeah, it is. Very big deal. Because um, I was looking at restaurants were talking about that you know what what do you do if you have a disorderly situation uh, with someone that an unruly uh, patron or something like that right and one of the other um, offenses before it was if an officer determined that the person was not was not a threat to anyone that they could be released now it's not just to an individual, but it's to that whole community. Okay. So if an officer feels that uh, there's a potential risk to the community, then that offender can be detained, which um, is kind of a big thing, too. Yes. So some, some, some changes with this trailer bill to the Safety Act. Right. Okay. Um, still nothing on the cash bail. That all remains in place. Um, so, yeah. 
And we'll also be talking about House Bill 5855. Okay, and what is House Bill 5855? 5855 is the um, the House bill that's coming after our guns. I don't know how else to explain it. It's it's a result of uh, some work done by some uh, members across the aisle that feel that they'll make us safer by taking our guns and limiting our um, access to um, through the system to include um, potentially shutting down businesses that manufacture guns or manufacture parts for guns. Extreme overreach. It would require those who have certain types of guns that they would have to report them to local officials, local police departments within 300 days. If they're not reported in 300 days, um, then you become a criminal because you did not report this. Uh, magazine types, uh, no magazines that will hold more than nine rounds, so nine rounds or less are okay. Uh, many of you who carry a, a nine millimeter, like a Hellcat, a Springfield Armory Hellcat, uh, most likely that nine, miller, that nine millimeter magazine holds 10 rounds, so that would be um, illegal under this legislation. And once again, it's, it's not addressing what I believe is the underlying reason, mental health. It's all about going after guns, and some believe that when they take all the guns off out of the hands of the um, legal owners that the bad people won't have them, but I don't agree with that. I think the bad people have a gun no matter what we do in the state of Illinois. The very interesting part of of this particular bill is the type of firearm someone has because it's, it's, it's pitched as a ban on assault weapons. That's what you see terminology-wise when you look at the social media, uh, the the advertising for for this to happen. Um, so explain that a little bit because you're bringing up a a particular uh, firearm that has say ten the capability of having ten rounds in its clip or magazine, whatever you call it, in in that particular pistol. Right. Or was termed as a pistol before. Can I help people understand that? Right. Well, this is basically if if your weapon is capable of holding a magazine that holds more than uh, nine rounds in that magazine or clip, then that clip is not legal. And when if people go want to read more about the legislation, you go to ilga.gov. Okay. Search for House Bill fifty eight fifty five, and from there you can look up the the changes to the law, and within there you'll see there's two and a half pages long list of weapon types. I believe there's 49 rifles listed or long guns and 22 um, pistols that are identified too as semi-automatic. And uh, you know, and I'm sure people will see when looking at that list, they'll say, oh my gosh, I've got one of those in my cabinet or I was, I've got one of those I know somebody who has them. So, um, it was given to you by a relative or someone who passed away, or, or I won it on a raffle. Yeah, or it was given to me by a, a friend or family member. So, um, if you could wave a magic wand, Representative Swanson, let's say you were king for the day, um, how do we combat the challenges with? These, mash, these these particular shootings that are part of the testimony being uh, talked about in Washington, D.C. and in Springfield. What is the solution to helping our country with this challenge? Well, I think the solution is 
the mental health side of it and families. Um, <clears throat> I think that's where it starts with the family and also investing in mental health. And uh, I think many of these are, gosh, uh, some of our um, lessons are learned through video gaming. Um, how to aim a gun through video gaming. How to, you know, in a video game, people reappear. Well, in real life, that doesn't happen. On TV, people reappear. In real life, that doesn't happen. And separating that f in our minds for some people who um, don't think like others, um, I think that's the focus we should approach is the mental health side of this, too. And, uh, you know, I, if you talk to any sheriff, they'll tell you that the people in my jail are not there because they're criminals. They're there because they have a mental health issue. And that's where we need to focus on. Do you think that, is there a committee uh, assignment or an action step committee in Springfield right now as we seat a new uh, legislature on uh, next month in January that can focus on raising the funds to maybe put back into play uh, mental health facilities, a place where communities can take folks who need additional help um, to address this mental health challenge. Yeah, and we go back many years when all those institutions were closed. And uh, at that time, it looked like a good idea. But when we look at the mental health issue now, it's where do we go with someone? Um, and certainly our jails are not the place in my mind either. Uh, criminals, yes, but someone has a mental health issue. It's, uh, it's an issue we need to fix. It's a health issue, not a, not a criminal issue. Um, so, yeah, we have a mental health committee. This past year, we did make a big commitment and did put a lot of uh, several million dollars towards the mental health. Um, but once again, it's like a lot of our <clears throat> problems. We just don't have the throughput to our schools. <clears throat> Excuse me. And some of the <clears throat> it's not a, a get wealthy type occupation either. Some people in the social workers and the mental health arena um, aren't always the highest paid employees. Well, and, and like doesn't the, make it very popular. You're, you're absolutely right. It doesn't make it popular. Those people have such big hearts uh, and care so much and are trying to make an impact positively on our community. But the three ring system that is within the ag organization uh, or excuse me, the um, the ag three circles. three circles, three rings. Isn't that like a movie or some <laughs> yeah. silly thing like that? My bad. <laughs> See, movie impacted <laughs> the psyche. Go. Three circles. Um, you're able to retain ag teachers in that alliance. Maybe we could learn from that and come up with a way to pay more, help more, find a way. Because what we don't want to do is do another government-run system right. that has challenges like we've heard with DCFS. These are real – everybody's a human being, and we have to do it right. Right. If no, we want to impact society correctly. Exactly. It, you know, we just can't keep throwing money at the bad, mm -hmm. uh, throwing good money after bad. We need to identify the problem and fix the problem. And, uh, you know, through some of the education, um, potentially offering tuition assistance to those who get into a mental health um, curriculum in our colleges may be an answer, um, providing some incentives to get people to get into the occupation itself. So um, we do have, uh, like I said, there's been um, a strong commitment this past budget year to help offset some of those costs. Okay. Um, it's just uh, making sure they're getting the right positions and okay. getting that money in the right place. And I have this idea of like a St. Jude's for mental health 
in my mind, you know, for Illinois or for the Midwest or, uh, and that's not the same thing I know, uh, but I meant funded somehow the way it's funded and actually accomplishing hope and, and, you know, something good for people. Right. And we also need to look at the licensing side of it. Um, I had a couple psychiatrists that were willing to come to a local um, hospital, provide their services, but because they were not educated in a direct sequential order required from the state of Illinois, Illinois Department of Professional Financial Regulation, they would not license them because okay. they did not take classes. So there's some other work that we need to get done behind the scene too that I'm looking into to, to ensure that we bring in the right people, the right credential people, but let's not hold against them because they took class A before class B Okay. instead of B before class A. So there's some gotcha. other things we need to work out too. Okay. All right. 2023, we are embarking upon that. Any other new laws you want people to know? Uh, lame duck session, is that what it's called here? Because you'll be switching uh, some of the seats. Right. Lame duck session is the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and then again on the 10th of January. Um, lame duck sessions an opportunity for those members who have who are leaving the house whether they ran for a statewide office retiring or just quitting or leaving whatever the case may be um, it gives them the opportunity to vote on some bad legislation because they are not held accountable by anyone in their districts is how i approach lame duck session does every state have a lame duck um I've been in office now six years, and this is only my second lame duck session. Okay. So we don't have them every year, um, just once in a while or two. My first four years, we did not have lame duck. My last two years, we've had lame duck sessions. Okay. So um, the Safety Act came out of lame duck session two years ago. Okay. This year, lame duck session, um, 5855, the hospital I just talked about, is potentially going to be presented in there. Um, additionally, there's some discussion about putting some abortion language within the Constitution. So that could possibly come up in lame duck. Lame duck. But, but, you know, when you look at 118 members in the House, uh, most legislation only requires 60 votes. There's only 40 Republicans, so that leaves 78 um, majority party members that can pass anything they want to. Well, so even during regular session, it could be um, interesting. But, I mean, you know, we... We continue to fight and work with members across the aisle and, and try to come to some agreements as best we can to, to try and meet the needs. We, you know, um, our districts are different than theirs, and uh, that's all we can do. Right. Well, and here's to 2023. I am hoping that um, all of you in the Senate, in the House, are able to come together for the good of Illinois and, uh, you know, work through. I, I just I, I try to keep hope. Well, absolutely. That's you know, I go to work, go to the office in Springfield when we're down there and just go in there with a the mindset that I represent 109 mem- 107,000 members throughout my district. Sure. What, what would they want me to do on this particular vote? How would they want me to approach this? What would be the attack that they'd want me to do? And that's what I, I go forward and do is, is to try and represent all, all the members of my district, just like every member down there does. What's the best way for your uh residents in your district here in the um, new 71st, which is a long one vertically, but a skinny one horizontally, but it's still 107,000 people. How are they best to communicate with you? Best, when I'm out and about, come up and talk to me. Uh, I'm, 
I feel I'm very approachable. I attend a lot of pancake breakfasts, a lot of fish fries, a lot of um, uh, events held in all my communities. So the best way is just come up and talk to me. Um, otherwise, you can call my office. My office number is 309-334-7474. That will not change with the new redistricting. Or email at swanson at ilhousegop.gov. ilhouse.gop.gov. No, ilhousegop.gov. No dot in there. Got it. Swanson, S-W-A-N, S-O-N at ilhousegop.gov. Correct. Yes. That's, those three methods, four methods are the easiest to get a hold of me. And like I said, I try to be um, out and about as best I can. I don't know what the temperature of my district is unless I'm out talking and working with people. And uh, um, that's how I, my, my wife, Tammy, usually is with me. And uh, that's how we go about our business. All right. Thanks for stopping by and giving us an update on the uh, Springfield and what's going on. Absolutely. Thank you, Vanessa, and uh, look forward to being back here again sometime. Yes. Soon. Happy New Year. Yeah, same to you. State Representative Dan Swanson with us from the newly 70, created 71st District on WRAN.